Yo, what's going on, Interactors? Welcome to the X Interact Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm joined here with Gaff. Um, just two of us today. We're going to be talking about some news, uh, including Microsoft confirming that Game Pass cannibalizes sales, uh, Redfall controversy going on this past week, and PSVR 2 uh, review roundup. So if you're into that, be sure to check out our show at twitch.tv slash xinteract. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on YouTube at xinteract or youtube.com slash xinteract. We have a website, podpage.com slash xinteract, where you can check all that stuff out there. But in the meantime, Gaff, how you been doing? I'm good, man. Um, for once, I played a lot, a, a new game this week, so <laughs> got something new to talk about. Nice. But, um, you know, today's Sunday. We got Last of Us tonight, and you're still not watching it, are you? No, I'm not willing to pay fifteen ninety nine a month for HBO Max. At least not yet. Maybe I'll wait until like the whole series is on there. But right now, I'm just not really interested in watching it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well. And, and I'm no, excited. Nothing about the show quality itself. Just that right now, I'm just not in the TV mood. Like, even on, I'm slacking on all the Disney Plus stuff right now. Like, I know Thor, Love and Thunder and Wakanda Forever have been on there for like at least months already. Like, I haven't watched those yet. Um, I know Andor, I still haven't watched that as well. You're missing out. Bad Batch, I know is go- currently going on right now. I still haven't watched that at all. So I'm like... I, I, like on Disney Plus, I like I've like cooled on a bit. I definitely was like high on it when it came out. It's just that a lot of stuff comes out and there's like no break really. I think I might come back though for once Mandalorian comes back in March, um, and maybe I'll catch up with everything else. But right now I'm just like on a cooling period. Uh bro, come on, be part of the moment. <laughs> hey man, there's too much stuff going on right now. All right. Mm. And how have you been? Uh, I've been pretty good. I got I started a new job and like uh I don't think I can say, technically say where I'm working at due to my hand employee stuff. I don't know exactly, but it is retail and uh it definitely is I don't want to say like it's extremely hard work, but like I've been at a computer job for like 5 years, so being on my feet and move around a lot, it, it has been a little bit to getting readjusted to. Um but yeah, that, that's been good so far. Um I was Closing shift on Friday night, and let me tell you, that was pretty busy, and uh, I was dead tired that night that I literally woke up, like, at 2.30 yesterday. Like, I slept for so long, I, I didn't realize I was, like, how tired I was. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, <laughs> but I think I'm a lot better today, so I'm ready to go for the podcast here. I have experience in retail because I worked at a grocery store, and I can relate to everything you just said, for sure. Yeah, I worked at a grocery store for like one year for like my first time job. And then like after that, I went to the office for like about five, six years, I think it is. And so now I'm mm-hmm. back at retail. And yeah, it's definitely, I I definitely don't miss, I don't want to say I don't miss it, but like it's just my life now. So got to get used to it. Yeah, got to make those bucks. Yeah. But enough about that. Let's get into our first news topic. This is from uh, video games or gameindustry.biz by Brendan Sinclair. Microsoft confirms Game Pass cannibalizes sales. Xbox, Xbox, make, uh, Xbox maker tells UK CMA it expects its titles to see a decline in base game sales for at least a year following inclusion into subscription service. Uh, so, kind of want to just paraphrase this here. Um, there's a quote here that says Microsoft also submitted that its internal 
analysis shows a redacted percent decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition to Game Pass, the CMA noted in its report. So I don't want to get too much into the story here. I think the headline itself basically describes the whole article. But what do you think about that? Like that Game Pass cannibalizes game sales. That just flips the narrative that Microsoft has been saying for the past, I don't know how many years. Yes. Right? Game Pass. Yeah. Like Phil Spencer himself has said Game Pass boosts game sales. And then this this comes out, which I guess strictly is he's not being hypocritical. Um, cannibalizing and being a detriment. I those aren't exactly synonymous. Um, but what is what is essentially being admitted here is that um, less people would buy games, would buy the full game if they have Game Pass. Which I mean, I guess I've been sniffing the copium too this whole time <laughs> because this totally makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> like I. I don't want to say this is a surprise because I kind of feel like it's kind of obvious when you think about it. Like if it's on a subscription service, you're less likely to pay for it. You know, like for for me personally, like I really don't buy much on my Xbox. My Xbox is the Game Pass machine. And so if I'm playing anything, it's probably coming from Game Pass on there. And so I kind of see the truth. To the the tr- I mean, Obviously, it's true because they said it, but like I can see. How it does cannibalize. I just wonder why Phil Spencer has been saying all this time it does promote game sales. Because I can kind of see it. stretching the truth in a way because, okay, I just anecdotally, I had to buy Hades because it was going to come off Game Pass and I wasn't going to finish it in time. Yeah. And so I that think that was one instance. That's, an, that's another example you can promote with sales games going off the game pass they are like included in the discount that you can buy them personally for so that those is true helps. also you do get a discount yeah dlc sales also would help out a lot with that too like you promote you to buy dlc because yeah. game pass typically does not include dlc there was like a few exactly. instances where all the destiny dlc was on there and then gears 5 also had the ultimate edition on there but other yes. than that i can't really think of any games that provide dlc on game pass so it wasn't a total white lie. Um, but so to be honest, the most interesting. Okay. Well, first of all, like we as gamers, like we don't give a shit about Game Pass as game sales because yeah. <laughs> it just matters to Microsoft margins. It still benefits us no matter what. I don't care how much, how much money Microsoft is making as long as they keep doing it. And well, it's going to happen one day, but for now, the price of Game Pass ha- hasn't really changed for ever. So None of this really affects us. Um, what I think the bigger picture from all of this is that Microsoft is admitting to this in order to have this whole Activision deal uh, be approved by what is it the the EU regulators? Yeah, so Microsoft. They're in a way they're playing dirty because they're they're just they're just letting all the skeletons out of their closet and just throwing everything out there, everything except the kitchen sink in order to get this deal approved because Sony Sony is trying to prop Microsoft up as this big player which yes they are a big player but they're not as oppressive not nearly as oppressive as Sony is trying to make them look so this piece of news is the most recent of many examples in Microsoft saying just trying to make them appear more meager and <laughs> more of the underdog it's just really funny seeing all this dirty laundry being aired out 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you were saying there. Like, Microsoft is trying to make themselves look like the little guy here. Like, if you looked at their comments about Call of Duty, they're just, like, saying, like, oh, Call of Duty is nothing special. Call of Duty, you know, it might sell the most, but it's always, like, ranked low in the, in the ratings, even though, like, Call of Duty sells ginormous amounts of money every yeah. year. So it's definitely not something small, that's for sure. Um, and, like, like you said, yeah, like, they're trying to just make themselves look as favorably as possible to get this deal to go through while Sony is trying to make them seem like they're a true threat and like it's a lot of back and forth between these two like so like there's reports out there that Sony is like not even talking to Microsoft anymore that they just allegedly yeah yeah and so it's just a lot of bickering and back and forth between the two and like I feel like we're never going to hear the end of this all this stuff until that deal either goes through or doesn't and I feel like we're still a ways away from that for sure if it man, if this thing doesn't go through, then I wonder does Microsoft do they get a refund? It's, <laughs> I don't it's billions. I, I don't know. I don't know how any of that stuff works. I'm not a business person here, but I know yeah. there was also a statement that came out that Bobby Kodak did say he's staying at Activision Blizzard if the deal doesn't go through. And so that also presents a whole bunch of issues there because he's not a great guy. He, all the stuff that we like heard about it, all the stuff we talked about like last year about this acquisition, like and like Microsoft, or excuse me, Activision and Blizzard in general, like a lot of the problems are under his leadership. And if he stays, I don't know how I feel about that really. Like it's obviously not great, but I feel like Activision and Blizzard are just going to keep keep doing the trend that they have if they don't get some new leadership soon. Yeah, for everyone who works under him, for their sake, I hope this deal goes through. Yeah. And as a bonus, Game Pass gets a bunch of good games, but... Yeah, that too. Yeah. Obviously, it's a, it's as a win-win. <laughs> obviously, as a, like me personally, as the consumer, I'm like, yeah, put them in, put them get get acquired. Give me, give me Call of Duty on Game Pass. Give me Diablo Four on Game Pass. I'll, I'll fucking love all that stuff. Yep. I will say though, one one thing to add is that I've been following this this deal and pieces of news coming out, and the the UK, they're being a bunch of dummies because. They're chastising Microsoft for being the world leaders in cloud gaming, and and because they have no competition, they could foresee this as being supremely dangerous. First of all, they're the leaders in cloud gaming because all the other competitors they don't know how to manage that arm of their business. Mm -hmm. uh, Google Stadia obviously failed, not for lack of trying, but they let that fumble. Amazon they're not doing shit all with it, so don't punish Microsoft for being good at their jobs and <laughs> trying to. Uh, facilitate this new part of the gaming industry. Those are my, that's just my two cents. Yeah, I I do feel like Microsoft is probably the. I th I think they probably are the number one competitor in the cloud streaming so uh, race right now because obviously, like you said, Google tried, they failed. Like they, they did they, their model just did not work out. Um, I know Amazon does have Luna, and that does seem to be more favorable. Like I've heard good stuff about the streaming tech in Luna. It's just that I haven't heard, like, the wide adoption of Luna itself. So um, there's that. Um, I know NVIDIA has GeForce Now, which seems... Yeah. I've tried that a little bit, and it seems pretty cool. It's just that it's not something I would want to use all the time, where they allow you to stream any game you own. But the problem with that is a lot of publishers are not agreeing to that kind of um, deal. Mm. So they pulled a lot of games from, from GeForce Now. So it's not perfect in library. And I think that's probably a big issue for them there. But from what I've tried, what little I've tried of that, that was also pretty good. Um, and then Google Stadia, I tried way back then when they 
when they first beta test it um i tell this story a lot where i tried out assassin's creed odyssey like i think it was like a couple months after it released and tried it on their, on their beta cloud thing it ran decent um there were some hitches there but after the beta ended they gave me a free copy on pc so i was like oh cool thanks thanks for the free copy <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah like after that i never really touched google studio at all so cloud gaming definitely still has a ways to go for sure microsoft would is like the biggest competitor there but like you said i kind of feel like it's because the other ones aren't just trying hard enough because of that um anything else to say on this topic here for game pass nope let's move on nope okay so sticking with the microsoft realm uh there was a little bit of confusion going around this past weekend for uh redfall because it seemed that redfall was only going to be having a code in the box on retail um, due to an FAQ on Bethesda's website, it seemed like. But then Bethesda did clarify and did say um, there is going to be a Blu-ray disc there. And this does follow up from when they did confirm uh, that Redfall is going to be online only. So there's there was, there was a lot of negative sen- sentiment going around Redfall. Was, you know, it's online only. It's not going to have a disc. But now it is going to have a disc. So a lot, of, a lot of back and forth going around that I saw here. And... Uh, I I, th- I want to go off first with this by saying like I if this was true if there was a digital code in the box I would say that as I don't like that that's just a, a really waste of physical space on the shelf that's a waste of materials for the box but that's true I think in the overall I think it really doesn't matter due to the fact that the game is online only so you would have had to have internet either way to play this game um, I feel like the biggest example I can give is Destiny 1, Destiny 2. Um, those games are obviously online only. They came with the disc. Uh, Destiny 1, you can still play today. That's still available there. Those assets are still there. But Destiny 2, that disc, I think, is probably useless to this day now because all the content that was in the first disc, that's, they just got rid of it. You can't play that content in the game oh, anymore. Yeah, yeah, you can't play it anymore, so it doesn't really matter at all. And the fact that the game's free to play as well, so it doesn't you don't need a disc for it at all. Um, I know a lot of uh, online games do this. Final Fantasy fourteen, I believe, is like another example of this where they had a disc for like the base game itself, um, but the expansions they're not on disc; they're just download codes. I've seen like a couple of the boxes like at retail and stuff, and it's just like, why? I know like they shelf exist. space, yeah, they exist. I, why? Like I'm like, <laughs> I know shelf space is important to like it's like basically advertising. But at the same time, it's just like, why waste all the money for these materials that you're wasting on the box to put it on shelves? Fortnite yeah. is another one I see a whole lot in retail where it's just costumes uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's just a box with a code for costumes and stuff. I'm just like, why are you doing this? That's the just waste not, of plastic? The waste of plastic, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's my take on it. What about yours? I think the story is mostly a non-story. I mean, people thought it. There was no disc. Turns out there is a disc. So it was just a big misunderstanding. Um, and even still, even if there were just a code, I think there was just a big kerfuffle for nothing. Yeah. Anyway, like, listen, what what purpose does a disc serve anymore these days? It doesn't matter. You you put the disc in your box. You still have to wait five hours for your game to download and install. The physical disc does not speed up the process whatsoever, in my experience. And and um, the only thing you do to yourself is that you remove the convenience of, of digital gaming. 
because then if you want to play something else, got to take out the disc and put something else in, and then you have to deal with uh, managing where where your disc is at all times. So, uh, and for the whole online only thing, like your entire console, ninety percent of it doesn't even function if you don't have an internet connection. If you don't have an internet connection, what are you doing? Why do you have a PS5 or an Xbox? Okay, and also it, nine. Nine out of ten of your games, they need they need an internet connection at all times anyway. So stop whining about Redfall being online only. Yeah, I don't I don't really get the like complaints about it being online only. Um, I I know I'm I'm a little torn on the fact that um about the like the digital versus disc versions of stuff because like as we like seen like these past couple years like. Sony tried to shut down the PS3 and PS Vita store. Nintendo is shutting, actually shutting down the 3DS and the Wii U eShops like pretty soon. Um, and then Microsoft, I believe there's sh- was it the Xbox? No, I could be wrong about that. I know there was a whole story about the 360 store maybe shutting down, but I don't remember if that was actually confirmed or not. I but say you're right. But a lot of that stuff is that uh, it's it's like it's kind of I don't want I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but it's kind of like sad that a lot of these storefronts are starting to shut down and like these were the the like the first digital digital storefronts for these like consoles for these manufacturers like PS3 was the first time uh Sony embraced the online culture uh, Microsoft obviously they had the original Xbox but the 360 is like when it really like blew up and then Nintendo is just like well they tried with the Wii the Wii wasn't really an online focus machine. Um, it, you did have like the small downloadable contents, but that really wasn't as popular. Um, Wii U, obviously that failed, but like there's like so many good games on there as well. But at the same time, most of those did get ported to switch. 3DS is the one that's more unique because of that dual s- screen system where you really can't replicate that on any modern hardware currently. And so a lot of those games and DLCs are just going to be lost of time once that shuts down. And I know there's, like, uh, other methods to get access to those. Um, we'll talk about that here. Uh, but, like, in official ways, uh, a lot of that stuff is just going to be lost of time. And so it kind of kind of bummer. And so I, I kind of feel like physical helps out that with that a lot because you can't take those away from people. You know, those a lot a lot of those, especially for Nintendo, like, a lot of it is on the cartridge. Um, I know nowadays for, like, Sony and, and Microsoft, the disc is, like, a lot of more DRM stuff. I think specifically for Nintendo, they they handle physical a lot better, I want to say, where you just plop the game in and you can play immediately as compared to Xbox and, and Sony where you put the disc in, got to wait for it to install, got to wait for updates, and your disc is yeah. basically just a DRM check for that right there. But um, yeah, I think this story is just like a, a big, a big uh, whole hullabaloo over nothing really because even if it was a code in the box... It's an online-only game. If the servers did shut down at one point, your disc is not going to do anything for you anyway. So, whole lot of nothing with that one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, if we're done with that, we're actually going to go over to... There's a new piece of hardware releasing next week, and that's called the PSVR 2. And we've got a review roundup from you, courtesy of... Uh, let me see here. GameSpot, actually. Um, so, they rounded up a whole bunch of reviews here and so i got a couple right here um from GameSpot. here's a quote from tomorrow hussein i hope that sony and its partners are starting to think outside the box a bit more when it comes to games and commit to supporting the platform long term in a meaningful way the excellent hardware deserves as much if they do the future of psvr2 will be exciting but for now that excitement is built on the same thing vr has always enticed hopefuls with 
with potential. Um, IGN gave it a nine out of ten. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Gabriel, but Gabriel Moss from IGN writes with top-notch visuals, visuals and immersively tactile sense controllers. PSVR two represents a quantum leap over its predecessors, setting a new standard for console VR gaming. And then VGC gave it a four out of five from Jordan Midler. PSVR two is an amazing headset, but whether it's worth to the average PS five user is yet to be seen. As despite the amazing technology, the software so far isn't enough to convince most to run out and buy one. So we have a couple more here, but I think that's just like the general gist of what it is. Um, it seems like overall the hardware is good. It is worth it for uh, for the like the money it is. But the the biggest uh, downside to it is like the library, and if Sony actually does commit to it in the future, because uh, from what the launch library I've seen, it's mostly just a lot of ports and like unexciting games that have like already been on other vr systems and then from what i've heard like horizon call of the mountain isn't like the must play game for the console and that's like or or the accessory or whatever and like i still don't know how i feel about psvr 2 because me personally i'm not gonna pick one up 550 dollars for it that's like more than the console itself and with like no backwards compatibility um apparently the the sense controllers have a really bad battery life which shocker playstation and and battery life seems to be not great from my experience um and like just the games the games like are just stuff i can play elsewhere you stuff you can play on a quest 2 or meta quest 2 or whatever they want to call it and so i don't know if this is gonna entice like the general consumer i kind of feel like this is just gonna be a, a hardcore vr enthusiast platform and I'm curious to see if Sony supports it because their track record hasn't been amazing with stuff that doesn't sell well. Um, Vita, they abandoned that really quick. PSVR 2 was a bit better, but I kind of feel like that wasn't enough as well. Um, There was a lot of third-party support on that, but first parties just wasn't great on that. And I kind of worry... I'm worried and I'm interested to see like how it's going to do once it releases next week. What about you? Well, I can tell you, I did not buy a PSVR 2 <laughs> because I don't own a PS5. Fair. And if I wanted to buy a PS5 and a PSVR 2, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. <laughs> Especially in Canada. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially since they bumped the PS5 price up worldwide, yeah. except in the U.S. Um. So the, the thing with this piece of hardware... Okay, so, okay, so my friend who's... Uh, He's he's a fanboy of PlayStation, so he'll buy anything and everything that they put out. Um, and even he was like pretty um, skeptical about this thing. Um, he even he even canceled his pre-order and then changed his mind and pre-ordered it again. Um, that's how fickle he is. Um, so I've seen a review from Digital Foundry on the PSVR two, and it does look like a a really dope piece of tech. Um, it has what I think what a lot of other VR headsets don't have is just style. The thing is really slick. It's white. It's very uh, user friendly. Um, you slide the thing back and forth to adjust it to your head, and the screen is super light. And the controllers, which apparently are just a copy off of a, some other headset that I can't remember right now, but the, the MetaQuest ones they look very similar to those. Oh wait, no. No, they don't. Which one is it? I don't know which one it is actually. MetaQuest is different. 
Now that I think about it. Is it the Vive? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, I can't um, remember which one of these. The Sense controllers are, are so I've been told, very good to use. Um, and the screen, like the numbers, we knew about the numbers, but in practice, the screen does hold up very nicely. And they have this cool feature called the theater mode where you can play games, like regular games, on your headset. So it's like you got you got a really high-resolution screen a few inches from your face yeah. and you're playing like God War Ragnarok or whatever, um, which is pretty cool. So yeah, all the PSVR 2 sounds really cool on paper, but um, I don't know if I could tell you it's worth however many hundreds of dollars to to buy and own. Call of the Mountain, again, it looks cool. You can you can shoot a bow and arrow, right? And climb mountains. <laughs> um, but I guess it doesn't really go much further than, you know, tech demo territory. Exactly, yeah. Um, like you said before, I think the PSVR two, it probably is like one of the better headsets out there in the market so far. Cause I know like the 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 index, the valve index, that one's like if you want everything for that, that's like a thousand dollars. But like at this point, like the tech is pretty outdated for that. It came out like a couple years ago, if I recall correctly. And so this mm-hmm. one is like the newest one on the market. It has all the latest tech and like for five hundred fifty dollars compared to everything else, that seems like that does seem like a steal. But if you're asking someone with a PS five or someone who doesn't have a PS five to pay fifty dollars more than the PS five to grab it, that's where I, you 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 lose me a bit, to be honest, because you, that that's just gonna add up. Plus the games you gotta buy because there's yeah, nothing the with games, backwards yeah. compatibility. Um, a couple of old VR one titles are getting free updates, but that's not for everything, and so we don't know if everything is gonna get ported over, if everything is free. Um, so that's like a kind of a big worry. Um, I know like a while back they announced Beat Saber was coming to the platform. But it wasn't at launch. And I'm just like, how do you not have Beat Saber at launch? Like, that's one of like the biggest VR titles. And like it's not at launch. That's, the that's only kind of VR title people play. That's, that's like that's like kind of weird to me there. I'm just like, wow, like and the rest of these are just like ports, other ports. I mean, like, it's not bad to be a port, but like if you can play it somewhere else for cheaper, it's like, okay, well, why pay $550 for that? You know? And people are like hung up. Uh, not everyone, but people are hung up a bit on the wire. And I'm just like, well, the wire, I can see why they have it. You have to get the power from the PS5 to do that. And so that's that's all right. But the headset itself, I think... It's USB-C. Yeah, exactly. You just plug into the front of the console and you're good to go. Um, Like, like I said, the headset itself probably does seem like good tech. It's just the games and the support that I'm worried about in the price as well. I don't think... I think the, the first couple of weeks we're going to see that the launch... I don't, I don't know how... I'm I'm interested to see how the numbers are. I want to know like how the numbers are going to be. I don't expect stellar uh first weekend um purchases, you know. Yeah, I'm interested to see the numbers like I want to see like a year from now how Sony has supported the platform itself. Like if they're going to have a lot more first parties on there or if it's just going to be another Vita situation where they're like, "Okay, here's an uncharted and uh oh, look at the time. We got to go." Here, take a visual novel once in a while. <laughs> um, yeah. To be honest, I like VR. I feel it's it's been more of a fad than anything. Um, because yeah, we have all these cool headsets now, but I don't really see. We we keep saying, oh, VR tech, it's it's new, but it'll get better eventually. But it still feels like we're in that beginning era. 
and we've made like small leaps in progress. Like it's like just now with the PSVR two and I guess the Meta Quest two, we're getting uh they got USB C and now you don't need like a bunch of towers around in your room to make it function. Um and then like Meta, they're making the Quest Pro, which is absurdly expensive and has all these other fandangles that make it nice and shiny. But I don't really see people talking about VR all that often still. It just it's just not commonplace. And I wonder how long how much longer it's gonna last. You know? Is it is it PSVR two? Is it just gonna do they send it out to die? Because they already had it um ready to go and they kinda just canceled like they did the Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to like take this opportunity to like actually jump into a different topic because uh, about VR because that was originally gonna be the topic of the show for today. But obviously, it's only us two, and I don't know how long we can keep a topic like that in hand. But uh, like the future of VR, like how do we think about that? Because like like you mentioned before, there's like the the Quest Two, we have PSVR Two now, um, Index and Vive are like years old at this point. Apple has a rumored headset coming out, who knows when? And so I'm just trying to figure out like, is VR like gonna catch on anymore? Because I kind of feel like. It's it like you said, it's becoming more of a fad now. I kind of feel like a couple years ago VR was like hitting more mainstream, but nowadays you really just don't hear much about it anymore. Where it's like only the hardcore of like hardcore like are like invested into that. You mentioned the MetaQuest Pro, that's like a hundred that's like a thousand five hundred dollars. That's like for yeah. that's expensive for a headset. And like I I'm 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 sure that's not targeted to consumers, but people see that price and it's like there's no way I'm paying a thousand five hundred dollars for a headset like that, you know? It's and also like VR games. No one plays VR games for a long amount of time. Like people, they they try out. Okay, I don't know every VR game out there, but people try out Job Simulator for like or Power Wash Simulator for a, a few hours, and then they just go back and play Beat Saber. Exactly. People only play Beat Saber on VR. That is it. You don't need yeah. any other game on your VR headset. I can I can contest that because I had a Meta Quest or Oculus Quest or whatever. I had a Beat Saber. I had Vader Immortal. I had a, like a table tennis kind of game. I had a VR Chat. I would just play Beat Saber. Beat Saber is like the only one I would occasionally go back to. It's just like the novelty of VR comes from showing your friends and family VR for the first time and seeing how they react. Yeah. And then that's it. And then once that happens what do you do that's why like for me I'm, i would love to have a vr headset and show my girlfriend's family because it would be hilarious <laughs> to watch them fumble around the tv room um but that's not a lot of longevity so i can't really justify investing in a headset and a pc or console to run that headset as well exactly yeah um uh, there was a point i was gonna get to but i totally forgot about it and it's funny because microsoft like people years ago people were like clamoring for microsoft to invest into vr because they were the only company well i guess nintendo but really nintendo's like a whole other deal hey, nintendo got that labo huh labo vr oh yeah labo right <laughs> but microsoft they're just so disinterested in vr and uh in their recent round of layoffs they com- they just dismantled their AR team, so Hololens is no longer a thing anymore. Yeah, I remember that on. that E three they had where they were showcasing Hololens with like, with like Minecraft and stuff. And it was years ago, yeah, yeah, that never just that and, just never came to fruition. 
So I guess, I mean, hindsight's 2020, but I guess it's pretty fortunate they never uh, funneled that much money into VR gaming because maybe they foresaw it not really taking off. Yeah. And like, I, I just remember my point now. Um, Half-Life Alex was like a couple years ago. People were saying like, this is the must play VR title. And like, it's been a couple years and like, I haven't heard any other game that says that that's been released. That's like a must play. Like, if it, when did, I want to see when did Half Life Alex re- release exactly? Because I say twenty nineteen. I'm gonna look it up, but it's definitely an issue if uh, nothing else has released in that time. That's like must play. So twenty twenty, it was a twenty twenty. So like two years, and like no, I haven't heard any other game that's a must play for VR. Like is to me that sounds like an issue. Where if you're if this platform doesn't have a must play in two another in two years since, that just kind of screams to me like, well, why should I invest in this if it's only one game that's must play? Hmm. Yeah. And oh, and the final thing is VR. It's still not affordable. You know, we we've been talking about this since Oculus One came out. I don't know when, twenty thirteen. It's still expensive. And inaccessible for people like me who don't have a ton of money to to shop around. Yeah, you know it's been it's been all this time. We've had I don't know how many innovations. I don't think there's been many, but there's been innovations, and it's still, if not more expensive than before. And I get it. economy sucks, inflation, uh, pandemic happened, so the price of heavy metals is has never been higher. But how? Usually, as technology gets better and more streamlined, they find ways to. Uh, cut costs in a good way and make things more affordable for um the, the, for the people. Yeah, and I, we've been trending the opposite direction. I definitely think the Quest was the most affordable option, but then they jacked the price up by a hundred dollars. The yep. price of that exactly. Yeah, so I, it's like no longer like even that affordable anymore. So, like you said, it's it's definitely the price is definitely a barrier to entry, and it's just I don't know how long VR is going to be like a thing. I kind of feel like I I don't want to put this out there, but I kind of feel like in the next couple of years, unless something major happens in the VR space, I kind of feel like we'll start to see VR fizzle out. I I would not be shocked if Apple decides to can their rumored VR project. Yeah. I, I would not be shocked if the MetaQuest Pro is the last we hear of VR. Yeah. And like uh Greg Miller, like back before PSVR two like like actually released, like when they first announced it, he was talking about the, him saying that he wouldn't be surprised if Sony just cancels PS VR two entirely. And like I, I was, was like there. <laughs> Yeah, he was wrong there, but like at the same time I, I agreed with him. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they canceled PSVR two. I wouldn't be shocked if they discontinued PSVR two in like three years if it doesn't sell well, to be honest as well. I feel like if PSVR two doesn't hit the mark, that this is the this is the last VR we're gonna see from Sony. I don't think there's gonna be PSVR three. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think there's gonna be an Index two or a Quest Pro or a Meta Quest three or a, a new Vive. I don't know what the the Vive people are doing these days, but I don't think there's gonna be more of that. That's, that was HTC. Did they still make phones? I know they used to make phones. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, like like you said, for the index, like I don't know, Valve is the wild card there because they 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 do a lot of stuff. They they just released a Steam Deck like last year, and so like I could see them focus more on like the Steam Deck two or whatever it's gonna be. 
Yeah. Handhelds. That's where it's at. Yeah, handhelds are making a comeback. Look at the Switch. That's a dead well. Steam Deck's starting to do well. Sony, I, I say I want them to make a new handheld, but like I don't know. Been, After the Vita, I'm just like Vita too, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. So but yeah, that's all for the for the for our news stories for this week. We're gonna get into some crossplay to talk about what we've been playing. So Gaff, I know you got some stuff you even said you've been playing, so let me let me hear it. All right, so let's get into the Persona 5 Royal spoiler cast because <laughs> I have 100% Persona 5 Royal in my second ever playthrough of the game. And all right, that and that just proves how good of a fan I am because a lot of people, some people will say, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up Persona again because it came out on new platforms. I'll give it a shot. They'll play it for like a couple hours. Maybe they'll get past Kamashita's castle and then never finish the game. But I kept it going. I played the game and I played the hell out of it. I played it much better than the first time because first time I was just, I played it my own way and goofed around a lot and was very inefficient. This time I followed a guide because if I'm going to spend another hundred something hours on this game, I'm going to get, I'm going to do everything I can and get all the achievements because I don't know if I'll play it a third time or anytime soon. So I, Got every single achievement. I got. I maxed out all my confidants. I, I fused such overpowered uh, personas this time around that I was just crazy. I was cracking through like the final two bosses, no problem. I, I, I mentioned before I fused for Izanagi no Okami to fight um, the final main game boss, and Mirror Truths is the most ridiculous move ever. Um, and then before fighting Maruki, um, in the third semester, I just went on a, I, I, I was cracked. I was, I was on a fusing spree. I made, uh, Satan and then I fused for Lucifer and then I fused for Izanagi no Akami Picaro, um, which is like the, the deal, another DLC. Yeah, the DLC one. I believe, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. the difference between those are just besides the color, so. Uh, I read off on, on some lore. Picaro is like, it's Picaro means it's a version that's more of an affinity towards Joker's like, mm, okay, Joker side versus um, the original is like you know, belongs to the original owner of that persona. Yeah. So that that's the in-game explanation for a Picaro. Um, but and I fused for. Uh, Maria, which is the the ultimate persona for the Faith Confidant, and Maria is ridiculous. She heals you to like max health every turn, so you never ever die. And then you have, she reduces the cost of your healing spells for, um, so you can just heal everyone if they're ever down low. And, um, and her healing spell is just like ridiculous. It's like revive all your teammates to full HP and cure all status ailments. <laughs> so I had no problem fighting the boss uh, this time around. And, um, yeah, I definitely got a lot more burnt out towards, like, Shido's Palace this time um, because I was really rushing through the game. But however, by the end, I felt a lot more accomplished because I did so much and I got all the achievements. I, I felt like a much better uh, Persona player this time around, for sure. I even maxed out. I I didn't know even know that you could uh, improve your technicals. Um my first playthrough, so I did that. I played a ton of billards to to do that. Get that pool and, table going. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I mean, also, I didn't even take advantage of tentacles really in the first game. I didn't really understand it, but I looked up like a chart to show me 
which moves get boosted depending on what status elements the enemy has. So yeah. that really helped me take down personas faster and uh, overall reduce my like the amount of time I need to spend in palaces. At the end of the game, I I clocked in at like 95 hours or something, whereas the first time took me 120 hours. So I think that's a pretty great improvement. Yeah, you mentioned the technicals and like in the first game and like uh yeah, base game didn't really explain technicals all that much that I barely used them. And then Royal, like they greatly enhanced upon them. So like there's a lot more useful and obviously you can like level them up and stuff like that. So it's definitely a lot more helpful. Um, What else? Yeah, like like you also said, like the clocking, the, the hours, like I played base Persona 5 like twice back to back for the Platinum Trophy. Um, Then when Royal came out, I played that in like two weeks because uh, Cause like it was like so close to Final Fantasy VII remake, and like I put like I think it was like close to like ninety hours, like you said there. Nice. Um, mostly because I I did like was skipping out. Uh, I skipped the stuff that like, I already like saw that wasn't different. Like I I had like in my mind like it was like fresh like fresh like okay what did I already see what's new here and so definitely helps out to like know what the differences are. Um, I definitely fast forwarded through dialogues that i didn't give a shit about yeah like, exactly i don't care about uh mishima's confidence a lot of the confidence <laughs> or, are the um, same yeah so i skipped through arcade a lot of that stuff. yeah and yeah i use a guide for that as well to like um to uh get them all maxed out like if like if you use a guide like you can finish with so much free time before the game even ends i know december and january like i had nothing to do during the nighttime. yeah exactly <laughs> i felt bad when i had to just like i just like I crafted tools or I made curry for like the bajillion of time. I just go to, I just might have Joker workouts and buff those stats. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else to do here. Yeah. And and the twins, they, they stopped being, I couldn't hang out with them anymore for whatever reason. I stopped getting that option. So oh. I couldn't, um, I still got the confidant, but I couldn't take them out on like the, the dates quote unquote anymore. Yeah. Get those skill cards. So, yeah. Now you said and I got you're... a ton of gifts. I, I I hung out with all my confidants again, and I got a bunch of cool gifts in my room, so it was all very well decorated. Yeah, I got all the trophies on PlayStation. Like, I was gonna do another game, another run through the game to get all the uh, thieves den achievements. I'm just like, nah, it's just a little too much at this point. Thieves den, oh man, that's like a whole other. Yeah, you gotta fight both uh, super win. bosses. Uh, you gotta like date everybody, friend zone everybody. So it's like uh. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of stuff to do there. I just, I just mainly hang after the game ended. I mainly hanged out in the season to play. Uh, what's the card game? Tycoon. I'm just like, yeah, let's play. Let's just play some Tycoon here. <laughs> uh, and uh, one day I may just, I may do New Game Plus because in New Game Plus you keep all your the personas in your compendium. Do you keep your money too? I uh, believe so. Okay, yeah. So I, because you you can only fuse for Sentinel in New Game Plus. So I may do that and just breeze through it all again and for once romance a different character instead of Makoto for the third time. Or maybe I'll do it for the third time. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this is the first game I ever 100%ed. So really? I'm, I'm very happy it was Persona 5 Royal. Yeah. Because um, it was definitely very dual because of the guide and there was no bullshit like collectibles to collect or no no multiplayer achievements or whatever. So. Yeah, the the achievement slash trophy list is definitely a lot easier than base games. Base games basically requires you to do a second playthrough. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. It it should be a hundred percentable on the first playthrough. That is that is the commandment of achievements. 
Um, and then besides Persona 5 Royal, I finally started Hi-Fi Rush. I am two chapters away from beating it as of this moment. Um, it is a fucking fun game, man. <laughs> um, I'm, like, I'm sure with a lot of other people, it took me some time to really get uh, the vibe of the game going, nailing the, the rhythm. I'm still not especially good at it, but um, the game is definitely very forgiving um, for hitting things on beat, as you guys mentioned. So I'm still able to succeed and pull off combos and get my score up um and then once they gave you the parrying feature that added like a whole other dimension yeah. to the game and, this, <laughs> that, and i was like okay this game is pretty fucking dope um the the characters are nice and charming chai and peppermint um i really like their dynamic macaron he he's cool and corsica corsica's best girl i, I love her <laughs> and her 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 boss fight uh just floored me that was incredibly fun yeah. um to do for sure um yeah the game's good platforming there are some platforming sections and 3d platforming i mean i'm not good at them i don't know if it's the game's fault or it's my fault but um those were a little cumbersome at times but every other aspect of the game is top-notch i don't really have any complaints about it besides the fact that i'm not good at it <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned the platformer. I do kind of think, like, moving in the air, it feels, like, a little weird. It's not, like, perfect, but it's uh, not really, like, the main part of the game. Like, I can, like, kind of, like, you know, go, not really worry about that. Yeah, and if you die when you fall off the platform, you just respawn in, like, less than a second. Yeah, you exactly. Lose, like, a sliver of health, so it's all good. And, yeah. oh, and I'm playing some Master Duel. Um... There's an event going on called the Legend Anthology where it's the first anniversary um, for a exactly. So on top of like all the goodies they gave you for the first anniversary, like including you get like a royal rare um, card and um, thirty master packs if you want to buy that bundle. Um, so in this event, they the only cards that are not banned are anime cards. So the three loner decks are Blue Eyes, Dark Magician, and Slifer. Um, Blue Eyes' problem was a viable one out of those three because you just like, you just summon a bunch of beat sticks and just um, whack your opponent because Dark Magician and Slifer, they're going to break <laughs> yeah. most of the time anyway. So you don't need to worry too much about the crackback. Um, but I already had a hero, I had a Neos deck built already because of the new support that came out. Um, oh, yeah. Because I've been playing that in real life and it finally came to Master Duel, so I was really excited. So I've been using that to just clap people running blue eyes no no problem <laughs> um and that's it for me yeah you mentioned the first anniversary with the royal rare with the royal uh cards whatever i pulled my yeah. first pack so first of all they're like oh you can pick whichever one you want but what they don't tell you is that it's randomized like you can't see which one you're picking yeah and so yeah. i was like all right well let me just i guess pick a random one i picked one it was the uh astrograph sorcerer pack or whatever oh, the royal rare yeah. i got uh, Royal Rare Supreme King Dragon Zark, which I do use in my decks. So I'm like, yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That card's crazy. I think it's banned in real life too. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. I, I listen. I have like an odd eyes deck, and it's just like, let me tell you, the combo list is like, whoosh, it's like long. You're like, okay, I gotta do this, then this, and this, and this, and this. And it's just like so much work. I've never understood Pendulum even to this day. <laughs> listen, man. I I like. I'm not. I'm not good at deck building Yu-Gi-Oh. All right. I just followed a guide online and it's like, all right, use these cards yeah, same. 
and then use use this uh this strategy list. Do it in like, this order. <laughs> yeah. It's like do it in this order. I'm like, all right, so uh I have it, I literally have it pulled up when I'm playing my computer. I'm like, all right, so what do I do? Okay, this card, this oh card, God. and this card, all right. <laughs> and then obviously I improvise if it doesn't work the if I don't have the right cards for it. But there was like one where they're like, Oh, here's a here's here's like you use Supreme King Dragon Zark with this deck. I'm like, oh, maybe I can try that. And so I do. And it's just like, oh yeah. So if I'm in trouble, I'm like, all right, how do I get this specific monster I need to summon Zark so I can wipe their field. And I, I'm like, oh, when it comes together, I'm just like, oh, now you're screwed, buddy. Your whole field yeah. will be wiped out. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, if you summon Zark, you basically win. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Awesome. <sighs> All right. So what have you been playing? All right. Going back to some rhythm games, I've been playing three Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. And that is the Final Fantasy Rhythm game that just came out this past week. And let me tell you, I bought the $80 edition because I want all those songs. Oh <laughs> and I've been having a blast with it, man. I already have like 10 hours into the game. I'm just going with the music. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Um, They have like a couple modes you can play in there. They have what I've been mainly playing, the series quest, which is basically you're picking a specific Final Fantasy game and you're just playing through all the songs in that game. And so I'm just like going through each game like... I'm going. I'm. I'm going around here and there. Sometimes I'm like, all right, let me go play a old game. All right, let me go play a modern game. Let me go play a couple old games. Let me go play a modern game. Let me go play a spinoff because they have like even the spinoff stuff in there as well. They have like a couple of the mobile games in there as well. I'm just like, oh, that's a that's a nice like touch you guys did there. Um, I was gonna save the Final Fantasy 14 stuff for last, but like I played through a lot of it yesterday and beat it, and I'm just like, god damn, this just. This music is just so good. There are a couple <laughs> notable ex exclusions that I wish were there, but I can't really complain because Final Fantasy XIV has the most songs out of all the other games in the game. So I'm just like, all makes right. Sense. Yeah, it's, it's an MMO with a couple expansions. So it yeah. makes sense, but I'm just like, damn, I really wish you just had these few songs in here. Um, also played through the Final Fantasy XV uh, sound. And like, god damn, I forgot how much of a banger Final Fantasy XV is. Like, gameplay-wise, I'm like, yeah, I'm like still a little iffy on it. It wasn't really the best. They they forced an open world where it really didn't need to be an open world game in there. There were a bunch of story stuff where I just wasn't vibing with. But that soundtrack, that soundtrack just fucking hit. That soundtrack, Yoko Shimomura was... It's that gif where the pe dude's playing the piano it's on fire. That's basically what it is. It's 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 <laughs> that's that whole soundtrack right there. It's so good. Um play through Final Fantasy VII. that's a classic one. I w I want to do like if a game has a sequel to it, so like Final Fantasy VII and like its other games in it or 13 and 132, if it has a sequel, I want to play the base stuff first before I head on to the sequel. So that's what I'm like doing right now. Um, trying to finish up all the classic games because I really don't have the knowledge of those games. So I just want to save the ones I really played for last. But so far, it's just been a, like a good good time just like banging out to like some music. Like I was just sitting here with my headphones plugged into my Switch yesterday, just like banging out while going to the tune. It's just, <laughs> just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Your neck's um, going to get sore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh... <laughs> The DLC packs I'm waiting for. Um, so I I bought the eighty dollar edition, which comes with the first season pass. Excuse me. That comes with uh, I believe it's like romancing saga, um, which I'm not really too interested in. I don't have knowledge with that game. Um, but it has it's gonna come with near, and I believe the world ends with you stuff. So I'm definitely interested in those. Um, 
the other DLC packs, if I could have paid for the hundred dollar edition, I would have gotten everything. But I'm just like, well, I'm just gonna probably piecemeal everything else because I'm not really interested in all the other games they're offering. So I'll get the near and the world with you stuff. I believe that's in the with the pack I got. Um, and then so they already laid out all the other DLCs besides like two packs. There's two packs that are unknown. I'm hoping for like Final Fantasy 16 stuff if it ever comes. I kind of doubt it. Cause I think I think there was an interview stating that they're not planning to do more 14 or 16 songs. So I'll have to see what those two DLC packs are. But I'm mainly in for the DLC for Nier and the World of the Few. And oh, Xeno Gears. Never played Xeno Gears, but I'm interested in trying out the music for that whenever that comes out. So that's going to be some some fun there. Theater Rhythm, good game. It's probably going to be the last one. I know they did an interview saying like, yeah, this is probably be the last one. And I'm just like, dang, that's kind of kind of sucks because like we're not going to get 16 music. We're not going to have Endwalker music for 14. So, but I'm, I'm happy with what we got here. It's definitely a great game so far. I wish I could share your, your enthusiasm about Final Fantasy. Unfortunately, Sam and Steven are not here. For sure. Um, I've been playing some more Hitman Freelancer. Again, I've talked about yeah. this already. Uh, thank you to IO and uh, Keymailer for writing a code for that. Um, yeah, just playing more of that. Um, definitely is... I think I'm definitely winding down on it because I haven't played all the maps in the base Hitman game. So Freelancer does require... I, I feel it does require you to like have not map knowledge of like all these maps it's bringing you into because if you don't know what it is it's a roguelike roguelike mode in um hitman 3 which they now rebranded to hitman world of assassination um where you just get plopped down into a map you have these targets you have to find you have to eliminate them the items i believe are mostly randomized around the map um so it's definitely really tough because you can't save and if you lose you lose your equipment you lose half the money you have so it's definitely really hardcore it's definitely something you should play after you completed like the base hitman game uh story which i haven't done i've only played like a couple levels just like to get knowledge of the hitman game itself and so freelancer definitely is like the final final thing you should take on for for sure and um i'll definitely hint about that in my review i'm definitely working on that I was going to do more work on that yesterday, but like yesterday was just not a good day for me at all. So might be pushed yeah. back just a little bit, but I still think that freelancer, it is pretty good. Uh, you just need to go in with the knowledge that it's not for newcomers at all. It's definitely for people who are experienced with the Hitman games. Yeah. I never really vibe with Hitman as I'm just awful at stealth and strategy and being creative. We just, and three things that's three things that Hitman <laughs> requires of you. Yeah. Um plus I don't have a PS4, so I couldn't play it. Well it's on it's on like Xbox as well. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think Steven said it was on Game Pass is what it was as well. But yeah, they okay. provided they provided us a PS4 code and it gave me like um the PS5 copy as well, so that's what I'm playing it on. But yeah, I, I like I like you. I wasn't really into Hitman before. Um, when they did, when they sent us the key, they they listed a list of games or like that they said we, we would let. Let me rephrase that. They sent a list of games saying that if we like these games, we'll like Hitman. And so they had like Assassin's Creed, Metal Gear Solid on that stuff. So I was like, all right, let me check this out. Plus, I wanted to like you know, 
I wanted to cover it because it is a pretty big game, so I feel like it would have been good to cover it. And so it was my first time with Hitman, and like I definitely played only a few maps from Hitman 1. Um, and yeah, like I said, definitely is a lot harder if you don't know the maps. Like A lot of the time you're just like wandering around, trying to get a lay of the land, trying to get some gear to take out the to take out the targets and it's definitely really hard like if you get if you get alerted and people know your presence it's gonna be a tough time for sure and then there were one more thing before we go there was one point where i was playing on stream last time and so the game spawned me into a no trespassing zone and so i was just there hiding in the bushes um there was two guards who I was trying to take out to try to get their outfits. And so it didn't work well. Uh, one of the guards spotted me. He said, no trespassing. He was leading me outside the outside the premises. And then when he led me outside the premises, there was a guard standing, there was two guards standing outside the door who I guess immediately see you as suspicious once you get close to them. So the one guard just takes me outside. This other guard is immediately like, hey, who are you? And I'm just like, what am I going to do here? I just stand there, and then they start shooting me. And so even the guard who who escorted me out, and I'm just like, what the heck? What am I supposed to do here? What? what, what why'd you shoot me? Like I, it, it was a frustrating moment there for sure. I was just like, I don't know what to do here. The guard was escorting me out. I should not be penalized for that if they're escorting me out. I wanted to. I I took the escorting out option because I was like, all right, maybe I can do something with this. Maybe this can be an opportunity. And no, it just just screwed me over and that was when i was done with the stream for that day i was just like nope i ain't dealing with this so a little frustrating there but it's still a good time to play for sure so we're just stuck there like if you die we just have to do it again and that's if, you, if you die your run is just over or it's not completely oh. over but like it's it's you just lose your equipment that you brought with you in the mission and oh. you lose half your money so i'm just like well i don't know what to do here then it was it was just yep, not great okay yeah, definitely frustrating there. <sighs> but yeah, that's all I've been really playing. Um, I wish I could be playing Metroid Prime, but you know, waiting for the physical. And then uh, Am about that. Amazon is like, yo, you're not getting your physical till March. And I'm just like, oh, you what? So I'm going to have to look for a physical this Tuesday. So hopefully I can play <laughs> Metroid Prime because I really want to play that. Best of luck. Yep. But I think that's it for our episode of X Interactive this week. Thank you all for listening. Um, tune in next week, and maybe we'll have some more of our guests, more of our co-hosts here again, because uh, definitely been a wild time for all of us, for sure. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast and preferred podcast platforms. Follow us on social media to keep updated on the podcast, twitter.com slash xinteract underscore, um, youtube.com slash xinteract, podpages.com slash xinteract, lots of xinteract, again, like we said. Um, leave us a review if you like the show let us know if you don't let us know let us know we can improve reviews help us out a lot um, Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify Amazon Music Podcasts whatever that platform is anywhere you listen to podcasts leave us a review comments on YouTube like dislike anything any engagement helps us out a lot um, but until next time we'll see you later bye